book of 1 John, chapter number 2. And I, many of you have heard me teach this before, as far as what I'm about to say, but uh, some of you who have been through any sort of premarital counseling with me, you've heard of those also, but the second most important decision you will ever make in life. What is that? The second most important decision you'll ever make in life. Who you're going to marry. Right? That's the second most important decision because it's going to affect everything else in your living. And it is uh, an earthly uh, earthly institution. We get committed to institutions. Uh, it's an earthly institution that uh, provides insight into our heavenly or spiritual relationship with the Lord. Praise God. The church is the bride of Christ. So the second most important decision you'll ever make is who you're going to marry. The first most important decision you'll ever make is giving your life, surrendering your life to the Lord. And I can, like the, like the song we just sang, I can tell you right now unequivocally, unequivocally, praise God, the most, the best thing I've ever done in my life was not who I was going to marry. It was falling in love with Jesus. Praise God. He has fulfilled his word in my life that if I seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added unto me. So my second most important decision, I'm extremely blessed. God has blessed me with a wonderful wife. I don't say all that to, but I, I, just, I just can't let that go because my daughter is going to hold it against me. Praise God. Falling in love with Jesus is the best thing I've ever done. Anybody else agree tonight? Amen. Amen. 1 John chapter number 2. 1 John chapter number 2. I didn't even finish turning there myself. There we go. 1 John chapter number 2 and verse number 15. John records and says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the eye, the pride of life, or sorry, lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passes away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. He that doeth the will of God abideth forever. So we're going to start tonight, over the next few weeks, uh, going to revisit a series I taught a, a few years ago, uh, but I felt like that with the, uh, you know, uh, we just needed to readdress it. Amen. So we're going to talk about the love of the world, the love of the world. God bless you. Thank you for standing tonight. The love of the world in tonight's lesson, in part number one, is love not the world. Love not the world. Amen. 
2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10, Paul writes to the young preacher. And he, he makes this statement, this proclamation. And there was, a young, there was another man named Demas that he's writing this about. And he says to Timothy, he says, For Demas has forsaken me. And what was the statement after that? Having loved this present world. So he, Demas left Paul because he loved this present world. When you think of this statement, this one epitaph of this man called Demas, this one statement that stands out about his life and his ministry is simply this, that Demas has forsaken me having loved this present world. No matter how you slice it or what definition of the associated words come out, Demas had better things that he would rather be doing. That's just putting it very succinctly. Demas had other priorities in, in his life that he needed or wanted to fulfill. And just like in the garden, just like those who would hear the preaching of Noah, just like those who would hear Jeremiah, just like the king that would hear Daniel, there is a nature within us that is at war with our spirit and there's a desire within us to turn toward and live in the desires of our fleshly makeup. The devil has been given dominion in this world because it is a fallen world. He, from the beginning has deceived so as to create an alternate alternative to living for God. That's what the devil is trying to do. Praise God. Remember I preached on Sunday, no substitutes. There's, there's, not, a, there's not another option. The devil likes to present the, his way of living, the, the worldly way of living, the carnal way of living, as an option. But there's no, no other option. And so he is attempting to deceive humanity, including the very elect, as the scripture says, those who are saved. There is an order, a way that is according to the flesh and of this world. There's a way that the world lives and the way that your flesh wants to live. And that way is one that draws a person away from the heavenly, from the eternal, from life. And it brings us down into this carnal way, into this worldly way, this way that leads to death. And so John writes, and he says, Love not the world. Love not the world. Now, this is Bible study, so we're going to get a little little deeper tonight, and definitely have your Bibles at the ready. Praise God! I encourage you to always bring your Bibles. Helps you get familiar with it. Helps you be able to turn quickly. We used to, when I was young, centuries ago, we we used to do what we called sword drills. We would search for scriptures very quickly, uh, but. Uh, that, anyway, that being said, 
Uh, so have your Bibles at the ready. So when we look at this scripture, this statement, to love not the world, that word in the Greek for world is actually the word cosmos. Cosmos in the Greek, K-O-S-M-O-S. That word cosmos, does that sound familiar at all to anybody? <laughs> Not Buzz Lightyear. Uh, no. Cosmos, it's, it's what we sometimes will refer as, as our universe, as space. Okay? Uh, but this word cosmos in the Greek, and we're going to see why it, it's used to define for us space or to speak of space. But in the Greek, in the, in the New Testament, it's used 187 times in the New Testament. And John, the writer of our text, he is the one that uses that word far more than everybody else. In his gospel, the gospel of John, he uses the word 78 times. In his three letters, uh, he uses the word 24 times. And Paul, he uses it himself 47 times. So we can see that it definitely carried some importance because they used it a lot. And that they used that word to discuss the struggles. They used that word to identify the challenges of, of the, the battle that we are in with our flesh and our spirit. Now that word cosmos means an orderly arrangement or decoration orderly arrangement or decoration now uh, it's as though John was declaring that the world in which we live has been placed here in the vast universe as part of the order the arrangement the crown jewel of God's creation anybody ever just walked outside at night looked up in the sky just thought wow anybody ever wish that you could be up in the in the space station the international space station and look down upon the earth and see its beauty just like that wouldn't that be awesome and and god has made so much more than just our earth there's a whole cosmos, a universe out there. And it's all in order. God has set things in just the right way. Is there other, other life out there? I don't know. I don't think so. I think that we are the focus of God's attention. But could it be that God put those things out there just simply to declare His glory? Just simply to say, hey, nobody else could have done this. I did this. And so uh, this is why Peter can use the word in his letter to describe how women are to dress modestly. You're going to uh, give me just a minute. I'm going I'm to bring this together. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 3, Peter writes, and he's talking about a number of things, but he talks about women who's adorning so adorning means how we decorate ourselves, how we uh, uh, put on uh, our accoutrements, right? So not just our, our, our clothing, but how we decorate ourselves. He says, whose adorning, let it not be the outward adorning 
of the plaiting of the hair, wearing of gold, or putting on of apparel. So that word adorning is that word cosmos in the Greek. And what we will see is that it's not the things that we try and add to God's creation that gives it its beauty. Praise God. I had a conversation with, uh, although, albeit it was through, uh, through chatting, because that's how I do most of my work through the day, but one of my representatives at work, she had one of those customers that, that was not very nice to her, and she was very upset, and, uh, and I had to calm her down a little bit, and, and so I was chatting with her, and I said, you can't be careful not to let somebody else define who you are. That you don't let them determine your emotional state. And so I just was explaining that. And folks, we've got to be careful that we don't let the world define who we are. And what I'm, when I mean that, there's, there's so many applications to that. But you don't need something to make you beautiful in God's eyes. You don't need something else to make you... Uh, 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 attractive in the eyes of God. He loves you. You are the the way that He made you. And what God does is right and good. So we don't need the other accoutrements and other decorations, adornings, is what what Peter says. But the point is, is that, that when we look at God's creation, it's beautiful in its origin. Because it's made in the manner that God chose. Folks, there are some creative people out there. Painters and, and, and the like. That they can really just, just make something beautiful on a canvas. But folks, I have yet to find anybody that can do anything like God. When you look at God's creation, it is amazing. It is so astounding. We, we can't even still understand it. Much less comprehend its beauty. Because as soon as we see beauty in this level, God can take it to another level. And it just keeps going and going. Praise God. In fact, I, I think I heard that they sent up another... Uh, telescope into space that's going to I guess be better than the Hubble telescope so it's going to try to get even more detail and, and find more of what God has put into place and so the adornment as Peter said is not the outward adornment it is the inward it comes from God I want you to just to understand that it comes from God and so, like language does, it carries a few different definitions and usages. That word world in our English language. It can carry a few different meanings. So, some say it can mean the world of believers, the world of sin, the world of the devil. Some say it, it can mean the world as the sum of all created things, the universe. Some say it's the, the world as the dwelling place of man. It's the earth in which the Lord himself came. It's where we are right now. If you're not here, 
we got other things to talk about. But the last definition is to mean the world as the dwelling place of sin or sinners or fallen creation. And in that, it means those who are surrendered to the prince of this world. That's the devil. It means the order and the way of the world, its philosophies, its rudiments, its teachings. Is everybody with me? If I've lost you, just nod your head. <laughs> Let me sum it up again. Let me just go back and sum it up. When we talk about love, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world, what he's, that, that word world is simply the dwelling place of sin or sinners, fallen creation. It's those who, it, it's the way of the world. Not the way of God, the way of this world. The philosophies of this world. Everybody with me? Okay. So, now that we understand what the word world means, and I'm just setting the groundwork because we've got more lessons after tonight. So stay with me. So let's talk about what the word love means. We like to talk about that. We're Christians. Of course we do. So we're told to love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. So now we understand what the world is. It's, it's, a, it's a carnal, fleshly way of living, not a spiritual, godly way of living. So what it means to love. We know in the New Testament, it has, the New Testament has four words in the Greek that are used to describe the idea or concept of love. There is phileo, which is a brotherly love or friendship. You've heard of the, the city Philadelphia? What's it called? The city of brotherly love, because it comes from the Greek word phileo. Okay? Storge is familial love, that is parents to children and vice versa. There is eros, which is the erotic or sensual love. It is it is that which is found within the, the idea of marriage. And then there is agape love. That's the one we like as Christians. It's our candy stick. It is unconditional and decided love. Okay? But there's something within this verse, in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, that's just a little different. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If a man, any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. There's two different uses or versions of the word agape found within this verse. Okay? If you're not sure what I mean, um, has anybody taken Spanish in school? Okay, if you're Spanish, you don't, you don't need to raise your hand. Don't. Okay, anybody remember taking Spanish or if you took French in school? Okay, you ever learn how to conjugate the verbs? Okay, that's, that's what was happening. It's, it's conjugating verbs, right? So, so the same word that you can use different ways in related to different situations. Okay, well that's what John is doing here, but, but we see him actually using two different words uh, versions of this word agape one is actually a noun and one is a verb 
Agape is the noun, and it states the existence of this type of love. It declares that there is this feeling, this emotion, this decision to love, but it does not declare the actual expression of that love. Okay? Have I lost everybody right now? Okay. I am Jody. You see me. This is me. But the whole of me is not found in just seeing me. Right? It's found in my expression. You know me as Jody as more than just this guy that, that's up here standing in front of you, but you know me as as the expression of who I am. The relationship that we have, right? Everybody with me now? I'm hoping everybody's with me. Okay? That's the word agape. It's the noun. But the other version of that word agape is agapeo. I know, it sounds extremely extremely different, doesn't it? Agapeo. And that is the verb form of the word. Have you ever heard that love is a verb? Somebody just nod with me. Let me know you're still with me. If you get this, you can still keep up. Love is a verb, right? That means action. Okay? So love is a verb. The word, or this word agapeo, is putting the noun agape into action. It's taking the love, not just that you feel, that exists, but it's doing something with it. Got, got me? So it's the expression of that love. It moves. It acts. It gives motion to the mindset. Okay. All right. So we're done with our English les lessons for now, our Greek lessons for now. Okay. So we're told by John to do not love the world. Neither the things that are in the world. Does this mean that we can't fulfill the rest of Scripture and love as Christ loved the world and gave himself for it? So are we, are we finding a conflict in Scripture? No. If we are to become mature Christians, we have got to be able to love the people of this world but not love the sinful nature that the world tries to cause us to live in. That we can love the people of this world, but not the systems and the order of this world, the philosophies and, and the, 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 the uh, rudiments, as the Scripture calls them, of this world, the teachings. So there's a difference... Just like a parent who loves their children but is not very happy about what they just did. Right? So, so we as Christians, mature Christians, we can love the people of the world, the people around us, but not necessarily be accepting of their sin. If we can't accomplish this, then one of two things happens. If we can't accomplish this, then... We either reject the people of the world as sinners and as the world and no one is one to the Lord because of that. Or 
We reach for the world at any and all costs, even compromising doctrine and holiness, and still no one is one to the Lord. All right. I feel like I've lost some folks. So what do we do? What we need to do is regain a right understanding of sin and the wiles or working of the devil. We must identify and reject the order and the ways of this world. Just because it's a decoration that looks good to the eye doesn't mean that it's good for you to put on yourself. Let me give you a quick example. Let's, let's for, forget the, 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 the decorations necessarily as, uh, as jewelry or anything, but, but you ever walk through the, the, the uh, store and, and walk past the, uh, the, the perfume counter? Do you like all the perfumes? <laughs> no. Some of them do not smell nice but it's in a pretty bottle. So just because it looks good doesn't mean you have to necessarily put it on. Right? That's the world. That's the world. Just because it looks good, just because it's attractive to your flesh, doesn't mean you need to take it on or do it. Right? So we have to gain a right understanding of sin and the working of the devil. We have to uh, identify and reject the order and the ways of the world. We need to cast off the works of darkness and walk in the light as Jesus is in the light. So let me ask you tonight, what are the ways of the world? I'm going to pause my teaching and ask you, what are the ways of the world? things that don't line up with Scripture. Let me dive a little deeper. What is that? Okay, so going against the Ten Commandments. Okay. So let's, 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 try, to, let's try to find something specific. I don't have anything in mind necessarily. I'm, I'm, I'm letting you guys do the teaching. Not that you're wrong, Sister Summer, but let's... Let's see if we can dive a little deeper. What are the ways of the world? Things we do to please our flesh. Let me, let me die. Such as. Entertainment. Okay, well, what sort of entertainment? Okay, like what? Okay, pornography. There we go. We're getting, getting specific. Fornication, okay? So those are, those are pretty uh, good examples. Off-color humor, okay? So are, are, are we getting, so as far as entertainment, I think that, that we can pretty much sum, sum that up. We don't necessarily have to keep diving into that, but what else? What are some of the other ways of the world? Okay, so, so wanting the most expensive thing in the world. So, so we're, we're looking more at the, the greed. Okay? So we're wanting to fulfill, find fulfillment in the stuff. Okay? 
pride in ourselves, okay? Yeah, absolutely. Folks, I don't know if you've ever, I don't know if you've seen, but, but you don't have to go very far on Facebook or Instagram or YouTube and find all sorts of workouts. And I, and I don't just say workouts. You, you, it's, you know, people that are building the body, and not that that's wrong, but there's a lot of pride associated with, with some of those. Okay? Now, that's, that's a, I'm not trying to cast a wide net. Okay, what else? What are some of the ways of the world? Okay. Okay, doing drugs. Do, it actually does harm to the body as well. Okay, so harm to the body and the mind. Okay, so, so doing drugs. That's okay, that's a way of the world. So, yeah, no, I, I understand. So, so Sister, Sister Laura is talking about uh, children uh, so, uh, uh, lacking discipline when they go out in public uh, and, and at home, so the disrespect and all that stuff. So, so, but that's, but that, I'm going to say that goes beyond just the children as we lack discipline in our own lives, okay? We just do whatever we want to do, Okay. Okay, yes. Okay, so, we, so we've identified a number of those things. There's one that, that I haven't heard. Uh, what? No, we kind of talked about that. Kind of greed and bringing stuff to ourselves. Ha, ah, there's something along those lines. So the worldly wisdom philosophies, ways of thinking that, that, that take us away from biblical teaching. Right, right. Lack of knowledge and, and knowledge of specific things of, of the Word of God and the working of God in our lives. So, so these are just some, but those are pretty general things that they're general enough that you can start to, to apply the principle under, and see the principles in your life of the ways of the world. Okay, so now, another question. What are we bringing into our lives from this world? Now, I'm not asking you to tell on yourself. I'm asking this is not confession. You can tell on somebody else, just don't name them or point at them. <laughs> what are some things that we, as Christians, that we're bringing into our lives that have to do with the ways of the world? You're not, I'm not going to assume you're telling on yourself if you, if you pipe up. Yeah. Okay, so, so even sexual immorality among Christians, which goes against, yeah, so, so that, that, that's happen, that happens in, in churches. Absolutely. 
being a sloth, okay? So, so not, um, the, the, the scripture warns against the, the, the sin of, of sloth, so, so being lazy, okay? And what else? Okay, popularity, explain that. So, so it's feeding it's feeding the pride okay so feeding the pride okay now what about our entertainments that we mentioned so, so we maybe have a look at the entertainments that we're consuming what about our language how are we talking Okay, what about, what about our minds? What are we filling our minds with? Now, I'm just going to use this as an example. Please don't, don't come, and come at me with anything. <laughs> but if you, if you watch the news at all, depending on which channel you get or want to watch, it's going to give you varying opinions. One is, one is more liberal, one is more conservative, okay? Where, I don't know where I was going with that, but that's okay. I knew where I was originally. <laughs> don't get older. <laughs> where was I going, Derek? Okay, it's all bad. It's all bad. Oh, that's what I was, I was trying to get to, is, is understanding our, our philosophies, our ways of thinking, Okay? So, so we've got to be careful that if, if, if we're trying to live a biblical, holy, godly life, just like, just like thinking that, that your news channels can give you options, folks, the world doesn't give you an option. It's trying to fill your mind with their philosophies, their teachings, their ways of thinking. That's why we're told to cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Okay. All right, so hopefully I've given, we've, we've discussed that enough to try to give you at least some, some groundwork. We'll talk more about these uh, in the coming weeks. But when we read the Scripture, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world, if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that's in the world. So here's where we, where we this is where our, our lessons will be based off of. The things that are in the world. What are those things? The lust of the eye. The lust of the flesh. And the pride of life. Okay? These are the things that are in the world. There's a difference between the world and the things in it. The world, they can do all that they want to do. And the things in it are there for whoever wants to consume them. But beware that whoever consumes them will be consumed by them. Lust of the eye lust of the flesh, the pride of life. Again, we'll talk more about those in the coming weeks. So we're going to uh, talk about, uh, in these closing, closing minutes, 
that if any man loves the world, so if a man loves the world, what is he gained? So if a man loves the, the sexual immorality, if, if they love the philosophies and the ways of thinking of this world, and trust me, there are people by the droves that just simply want to talk to hear themselves talk. By the droves. One of the, one of the things I shake my head at often, and I don't encourage anybody to get on it, uh, I, I heard about it before, before it went live. There's a thing called, uh, a, a new social media, well, newer, uh, called Clubhouse. And all it is is people getting together in, in these rooms on this audio social media, and they're just talking. And they're talking about all sorts of things that, quite frankly, you would just be shocked at what they're talking about. And, and I've listened to some of them, and I just, I'm just shaking my head. Because it's amazing that the, the, the things that people will say. I, I, I'm, I digress. So what are we gained if, if we love this world? If we love the way the world thinks, the way the world talks, the way the world lives, what do we gain? Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. Paul writes and says, beware. That's usually how you start a horror story. Beware lest any man spoil you. And I, I, I think I might have mentioned this on Sunday, but I've definitely mentioned it before. But that word spoil is, is not like spoiling your milk. This is taking your stuff. It's taking time. It's taking Life. It's taking stuff from you. So beware lest any man spoil you. How? Through philosophy. Through vain deceit. After the tradition of men. After the rudiments of the world. And not after Christ. So that's the teachings, the instructions of the world. Doesn't the world look sideways at you if you're... If you're trying to live for God, don't, doesn't the world look sideways at you if you try to make a, a, a godly decision in how you want to live life? You're, you're the anomaly. You're the, you're the odd one. Yeah. Matthew 16, 26, Jesus says, For what is a man profited? Okay, we all, we all like prophets, right? What is... What does it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Because that's essentially what we're doing. Is we're exchanging what we have in Christ for what the world is trying to give to us. And the only things that will last are the things we do for Christ. So if any man loves the world, John says the love of the Father is not in him. John chapter 1, verse 10, John writes, he says, speaking of Jesus, that he was in the world. That's the place that we live. The world was made by him. That's the place that we live. And the world, that's the people knew him not 
Everybody with us? Jump down a few verses to verse 29. The next day, this is John the Baptist, different John, sees Jesus coming and says, Behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. So he's not talking about the sin of, of the, the, the firma terra. He's talking about the sin of the people. Jesus, the Lamb of God, has come to take away the sin of the world. The world that has its own way of thinking, its own way of talking, its own way of living. And the world is trying to ensnare us. But Jesus came. He came into this world to seek and to save that which was lost. To take the sin of the world away. John 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. So no, there's not a contradiction. We can still fulfill what Jesus came to do, to love the world. But Jesus himself was tempted. Tempted 40 days in the wilderness. And he was tempted, the scripture says, in all points like as we are. What are we tempted with? For all that is in the world, lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, the pride of life. Jesus was tempted in each of those points. Look at the temptations he went through. And he overcame. He overcame. He used the word of God to overcome the wiles, the working of the devil. Folks, thank God he's given us the same thing. We've got his word. 1 John chapter 3, verse number 1. He writes, and he says, But behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knows us not, because it knew, not, knew him not. So, when John is writing in our text, If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. The love of the Father, as we have just talked, and there's so many more scriptures, the love of the Father is to reach the lost. The love of the Father is to save us, to keep us from sin, the sin of this world. From the very beginning, not only did the Lord have a plan for our salvation, but from the very moment that sin came into existence in this world through Adam and Eve's decisions, God was working that plan. Why? Because He loves us. And I want the love of the Father in us. If we love the world, the love of the Father is not in us. He wants to give us that love, but His love is not in us if we love this world. 
So, uh, where was I? If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So let's talk about that briefly for a moment. James chapter 4, verse 4. So the, we talked about the love of the Father, and so now we need to understand why this love would not be in us if we love this world. James 4, verse 4, he says, You adulterers, adulteresses, know you not that friendship with the world is enmity. That means that there's your enemies, your strife. Friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whosoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Now, let me be very, very clear. This does not mean that we ignore or rude or mean to people in the world. It doesn't mean that we, we don't have relationships with people in the world. Friendship in Scripture, the definition there you're going to find is more closely associated than what we call friendship. Friendship there means that there is a, a tie, a bond that keeps you together. That you are accepting of, of not just the person, but of their living. That's why when, when uh, it was spoken of by the Lord that, that uh, when the, the high priest would come into, uh, come into the tabernacle, into the Holy of Holies, that he would commune with that high priest once a year. He would commune with him as, as the Lord was over the mercy seat. He would commune with him as friend with friend. They're doing right. They're doing good. So there's, there's a difference between their friendship in the Scripture and what we call friends today. We're pretty loose with our friendship, aren't we? I got people I don't even know that call me friend at work. <laughs> Just chat something in there and, and they, thank you, friend. All right. So the friendship of the world is, is uh, being a friend with the world is the enemy of God. Uh, Luke 16, 13, no man can serve two masters. Either he's going to hate the one and love the other or else he's going to hold to the one and despise the other. You can't serve God and mammon. What we're dealing with is, is our mindset, our, our desires. Are we... Are we thinking and living from a biblical godly perspective or are we thinking and living according to the desires and the ways and the works of the flesh your flesh because of its carnal nature wants the things associated with the world but if you are anything like me if you, and I've heard many people say things like this, is I just want to know God. Like Paul said, I, 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 there's a war within my members that when I want to do right, I end up not doing what is right. When I want to stay away from this, that's what I end up doing. 
He says, there's a war within my members. It's a war between flesh and spirit. Church, I'm talking to you. You cannot be like the world and still be able to save it. Did you hear that? We cannot be like the world and still be able to save it. John 3, verse 19. This is the condemnation that light, light is come into the world. But men love darkness rather than light. We can't save someone from the darkness if we're in it ourselves. John 12, 25, He that loves his life shall lose it. He that hates his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. In John chapter 8, verse 23, Jesus was speaking to the Jews that were, they were, they were trying to catch him in different things. And, and he said unto them, You are from beneath, I am from above, you are of this world. I am not of this world. But then a few chapters later, in John 15, verse 19, Jesus was now speaking to his disciples. And I want you to think about this. They were standing before him just like the other Jews were in a few chapters earlier. And Jesus speaks to his disciples, and he says, If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world... I've chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. These are people who are living on the same ground, standing on the same earth. But somehow the disciples were different than the other people a few chapters earlier. What was the difference? Was the fact that their, 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 their minds, their, their desires had been changed. no longer of the world. Amen. Let's end with this. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. That should tell us something right there, is that we need to be born again. Because he that's born of God overcomes the world. If we are in this world and of this world, then we need to be born again and come out of this world. Anybody, anybody's mind's just twisted right now? <laughs> Amen. Let's stand together tonight. John chapter 17, verse 15. Jesus was praying for his disciples. Very powerful prayer. 
But in that prayer, I want you to notice this scripture. Jesus prayed and said, I pray not that you should take them being his disciples, not that you should take them out of the world. Do you know Jesus prayed that? Because he was praying not just for those 12 disciples. If you read the scripture, read the context, he says, and for those who will come after them because of their teaching. So he's praying for you and I too. Isn't that cool? And so he says, I pray not that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil. We are here. We live in a world that is so lost in darkness. We live in a world that is so bound by sin. The way that they think that the world thinks, the way that the world lives, fulfilling the lusts of their eye, the lusts of their flesh, the pride of life, trying to get and gain and, 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 and build their earthly kingdoms and all of these things. What's it for? And if we're not careful, it becomes attractive to us. And we also want those things. But Jesus didn't pray because I know sometimes we pray, God, will you, just, will you just take this away from me? Will you just remove me out of this situation? Jesus' prayer for his disciples was not that they would be removed from the world, but that rather they would be guarded, protected, kept from evil. Now that may sound like some another prayer. Anybody know what I'm thinking of? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. It's this day our daily bread. Forgive us of our... I, I, I'm mixing two, two versions of it. <laughs> Somebody help me out. Forgive us this, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And so that becomes our prayer too. God, you've got me here for a reason. You're keeping me here for a reason. Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. Amen. We're going to talk over the next few weeks about those things, those, those uh, uh, things that are in the world. And we'll deal with each of those over the next few weeks. Amen. I pray that, that as we leave this place, that we begin to let the Lord speak to us and challenge us to begin to release some of those things that we have brought to ourselves of the world. Amen. It's hard for our flesh. But when you, when you remove something from your life in the flesh, replace it with something of the Spirit. Don't just remove it and leave a gaping hole in your life. 
fill it with something of the Lord. Amen. God, thank you tonight for your goodness. Thank you for your mercies. Thank you for your grace. Thank you, O God, that you have reached into our lives, Lord, and you have shared with us this great gift of of salvation, that you've given us this holy calling, Lord, to walk with you. And God, I pray tonight that as we uh, prepare to leave this place, as we went back into our daily living, that God, you would help us to identify the ways of this world, the philosophies, the ideas of this world that try to invade the, the, the thoughts that you're trying to pour into our lives, that the, those things, Lord, that we're trying to walk with you in holiness and godliness. But Lord, the pull of the flesh is great. I pray, God, that you would uh, not just draw us out of this world, but God, keep us from the evil. Keep us from those things, Lord, that are, that are worldly, that are carnal, that fulfill the lusts of the flesh and the lusts of the eye and the pride of life. Let our hope, let our desire, let our love be placed and purposed in you. Lord, be glorified in each of us, we pray. Amen. Amen.